Hi, everyone, and thank you for being with us. This is Fairworth Paksarash, Director of Oregon Department of Human Services. In May of this year, as the state entered the next phase of its response to the coronavirus, when most counties entered the first phase of reopening, that shift also included demobilizing state's emergency coordination center, the ECC, which we have talked about in some of our previous podcasts, and then the handoff of work to state agencies like DHS and the Oregon Health Authority that are at the forefront of response to this pandemic. Even though the state had begun reopening, COVID-19 was still with us and remains with us for a number of undetermined amount of time, perhaps months, hopefully not years. Protecting the health and safety of Oregonians continues to be the primary and urgent task in front of us. It also is an urgent priority to provide Oregonians access to the benefits and programs that support their needs and sustain themselves as the families move through these unprecedented health and social economic crises. Because we expect COVID-19 to be with us, we are hoping no more than 18 to 24 months. We needed to create a structure for this response that's sustainable over the long term. To achieve that, both our agencies, Oregon Health Authority and Department of Human Services, together launched a new COVID-19 response and recovery unit, otherwise known as the CREW. This unit is a new shared service, which means it's shared between our two agencies, similar to other units, such as Office of Information Services, Office of Facilities, Office of Contracts and Procurement, or Financial Services, those units that serve both Oregon Health Authority and DHS. Today, I've invited Jana McClellan to talk with us uh, about the COVID-19 Response and Recovery Unit. Uh, you remember Jana most recently as the Deputy Director of Child Welfare. Previously, she had served as the Interim Director for Child Welfare before Rebecca got on board, and then prior to that as Director of Stabilization and Crisis Unit within the Office of Developmental Disability Services. Today, Jana is the director for this new shared services, the COVID-19 Response and Recovery Unit. I really appreciate Jana actually stepping into this role. It's a very challenging, but at the same time, it could be a very rewarding role. Welcome, Jana. And let's jump right into our conversation. Can you give us a high-level overview of the purpose of the COVID-19 Response and Recovery Unit? Certainly. Thank you very much, Fairborn. It's a pleasure to be here with you today and to talk a little bit about the work I'm doing with the COVID Response and Recovery Unit. We've shortened that name to CREW, so you'll hear me discuss CREW today as we walk through this podcast. The purpose of the unit in simple form is really to simply have a joint effort between the Oregon Health Authority and the Department of Human Services. The response into our communities with regard to those impacted by COVID hits both of our departments in different ways, and it became apparent as we went through the outbreak in the early days and weeks of the incident that there was a need to have a coordinated effort between data tracking, response into our community, wraparound services, communication to our communities that needed to come from a single state agency or state response. So the simple answer is the purpose is really to see it as one agency responding into our communities to be able to share information, track information, and handle response efforts in a coordinated way. 
One of the prime drivers in coalescing this unit, creating this unit, was really that we build a structure that leads with equity in all of the work we do, both from a framework perspective and from our communications perspective, and then specifically as we take our response efforts into our communities. One of the differences from how we stood up the incident and how incidents are stood up through emergency management is it's very much an incident command structure. You all may be aware of the Agency Operations Center that DHS runs, AOC, and that AOC is stood up in any incident, whether it be a flood, wildfire season, or unfortunately a pandemic. And the crew actually has been established to both lead with an equity framework and to move beyond just the actual incident response that the AOC has carried for DHS. Thank you, Jenna. I want to focus a bit on the last part of what you just shared with us about equity being at the center of the crew's work. Can you share with us a bit more about why is it that equity is so important and what steps are you taking to deliver on that commitment? Thank you, Fairburst. That's a really important question for us to always consider. And I think it goes without saying any employee of DHS or of OHA is schooled in and holds as a key value our services being delivered with an equity lens and building an equity framework for both how we respond to each other in our work that is so demanding. And then also, as we take our work and our services into the community, that we're doing that in a culturally responsive way that we're honoring place and race in our communications and our service delivery, that we're realizing the differential between power in our conversations and in our resources as we offer them. It's specifically important in the work of the crew. The best example that I like to share is there's a long history in the African-American community about the use of vaccines. And as we hopefully have a vaccine come to us in the next six months or more around COVID-19 to really be culturally sensitive, to be able to address those fears that folks have about having a vaccine, taking a vaccine, and how we roll that out with regard to the sensitivity to those culture issues that we do it in a trauma-informed way and that we are trained and able to offer a resource and a service as great as a vaccine might be into our communities in ways that they will be willing to accept and receive that. So I think, you know, that is a primary example of kind of operationalizing the equity framework that we need to build. I also hope as we go through the next year and a half to two years in the formation and the continuation of crew, that we're figuring out how to build an operation, a shared division that is nimble and flexible in its response to outbreaks and its response to implementation and operationalization of the work. So. I think as we do that, we need to make sure we hold at the center of every element of this new unit and every resource that we do consider deploying, that we do it with an equity framework. Thank you for helping us better understand that equity piece as it relates to the crew. And as it relates to COVID-19, we are still learning some unknown about this virus. Things are very quick to happen, and we're trying to respond as quick as we can. Some may wonder why is it that we are partnering with OHA to stand up this unit? Wouldn't it have been better for DHS to do its own thing? Could you perhaps help us with that question that may come up? Certainly. I appreciate that framework. I do think there are opportunities that each department carries to continue the very valuable and important work that they do each day. I think the benefit of CREW right now, however, is 
to be able to break down some of the bureaucratic walls, the bureaucratic processes that we all know impede our good work and the delivery of our services. The outbreak happens so fast and we need to be responsive each and every day to where the next outbreak is, where the next element of resource needs to be deployed. And to do that simply and solely through a DHS lens is not one that would best serve our communities. The Oregon Health Authority in its role does the data tracking, they do the active monitoring of the outbreak, they have the medical resources through their senior health advisors and their epidemiologists to be able to really understand the science of the disease, the science of the virus. They don't, however, have the resources that pair well with the services as they are taken into our communities. When we talk about long-term care facilities, for example, DHS licenses those facilities. So when we might have an outbreak at a facility, OHA can help us track that outbreak. They can help us with better infection control protocols. They can help us with the science of it, but they can't help us with the compliance and the license. They can't enforce compliance. We can do that because we hold the license. So again, the synergy between the two departments gives more resources, more nimble resources, more fluid resources, more active resources to be at any point in time deployed from either department. I also know that right now you're working with a consulting firm, the Coraggio Group, that's helping clarify roles and responsibilities, the scope, the governance of the unit, how many people do we need in this new unit? How's that coming along? Thank you, Fairbrush, for that question. It's coming along well. Actually, today is the very first design meeting with a small group of folks to talk about value statements and work streams as we move forward. They were hired to very quickly answer a few questions. It's about a 60-day contract. What we're hoping to have them do is to help us operationalize what the structure should be as we move into kind of our future state. I like to talk about our hiring both in a short-term bridge, which takes us through um, June, July, and August into the fall, and then a a longer-term future state, which will be what Caraggio is helping us build. And that future state is what we need to be able to sustain this response effort between the two departments for the next two years. I believe what we'll be able to partner with them to deliver is both an organizational chart, a, a governance structure, how many positions are needed, what are the roles, how to partner, where are the gaps. Again, doing all of this with building the concern for and the respect of equity into these conversations. So we are starting that work today uh, more actively. Uh, They've been on board for about two and a half weeks, I think. And my hope is that by the middle of July, we are seeing some product from them to help guide DHS and OHA's leadership in what's the best way to stand this new unit up and to have it be sustainable through the next two years. And as you go through this hiring process, what opportunities exist for DHS staff and what would the hiring process be for them? The hiring process is evolving. We all can understand that the hiring process as we experience it in DHS can take upwards of months at times to get people hired and that actually is just not sustainable, it's not effective and it's not useful for the work we're trying to do in a very quick cadence. Conversely, the hiring process for the incident command model says that people volunteer and they are placed into roles regardless of their title or their classification. So we're trying to develop a hybrid between the two, both a model that is a little bit more expedient, 
um, what we like to call an expedited job rotation. Those postings should be coming out on a regular basis from both OHA and DHS. Those positions mainly are the positions that will get us through this bridge period. We're asking for like classifications to step into like classifications. Of course, the work is different, but the skills and knowledge that we know people have, we're looking for, you know, for a good match there. And then longer term, as we talk about the positions once defined for the future state, we'll be going through similar kind of hiring processes, expedited perhaps beyond job rotation. All of these positions are limited duration, so they are created out of no legislatively approved budget positions, but it is important that we build what it is we need. And so we have started with the skeleton of both leadership and active implementation for the immediate needs, needing to move then into kind of a more planful structure for the positions that we need, still hoping to embrace a process that is expedited from what we all know the hiring process takes within DHS and OHA. We will need to, of course, comply with all the hiring rules and laws, but doing so in a really focused and expedited way. Jenna, thank you so much for being with us today and spending this time to help us all better understand this new crew unit and what it's doing to help us navigate through this pandemic. And all of you who are listening, thanks so much for spending your time with us today. We'll be sharing more information about the unit as it takes shape in our COVID-19 newsletter that we send out to all staff. As you can tell from this conversation, we're still learning about COVID-19 and how to respond effectively. So we appreciate your grace and your patience as we make this important transition. Again, thank you all for the vital work that you do to protect the health and safety of all Oregonians that we serve. Stay well, and we'll talk again soon.